Hey guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. On this episode of Made for This, we're in Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, and verse 27. Here we go. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice." Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And now, let's hear from Jenny. Do you find yourself coming home from a girls' night out or small group feeling discouraged or encouraged? I think a lot of the answer to how we have life-giving relationships lies in what it is we talk about, what it is we circle around. So often I will be in a group and it'll be fun and I'll leave and I'll think I had a great time, but for some reason I'll go home and I'll have this kind of sick feeling and I don't even know what it's about, but I just know that I leave a little more empty than when I showed up. And a lot, if I look back, a lot of that is coming from what it is we focused on. In Philippians, Paul has some people that if they were my people would be driving me crazy. They're out in the world and they're preaching out of envy and rivalry. Likely when I looked at commentaries, it it means that these guys were glad that Paul was in prison. They're actually rejoicing at his suffering and and they're out there and they're preaching and they're causing trouble. And how Paul handles it is such a picture of a life-giving relationship. He actually does not focus on that. He's like, yeah, here's a fact. This is happening. I know you know about it. So I'm going to address it. But then he goes and praises them. And he was like, hey, you know what? Who cares? If God is being preached, whether in pretense or truth, I don't really care because Christ is being proclaimed. And that's worth rejoicing at. He shifts and changes their view of these people. He shifts and changes, I believe, in doing so, his own view of these people. I think so often we can tend to fixate on the negative in our lives, in other people. And and what Paul wanted to do was he didn't want to sit here and complain about them, even though I will say that actually feels so good. If it didn't feel good, we wouldn't do it. But I think so often what happens is we end up leaving each other and we're so discouraged rather than the discipline of choosing to see the good. I was recently venting to my sister and and sure enough, turns out I pocket dialed one of this person's friends and they listened to the whole thing. (laughs) And I love that God had that happen because it was such a reminder that this is not okay ever. Like if we're saying something, and my friends make fun of me about it because I usually am so careful about it. Like I will squirm if we are talking about anyone under any context. And I always picture them walking up behind us and and how would they feel? Because I, and I think one reason I do that is because I'm so sensitive that I don't want that happening to me. I don't want to walk up and feel like people were just talking about me. If you have friends that are constantly talking about other people with you, let me tell you a little secret. When you're not there, 
they're talking about you. <laughs> this will never be reserved only to people that you all don't like. It's, this will creep in to the things you don't like about each other because on a given day, you won't like each other. And so you've got to build a culture with your friendship. Now you're thinking to yourself, oh gosh, how can I shift that with my friends? They are constantly gossiping. How would I shift it? I believe you've got to sit down and build ground rules. The healthiest cultures, the healthiest friendships I've been in always have ground rules. You've got to have something to work with that you know this is not going in the right direction. I think about Romans 8. One road leads to sin and death. One road leads to life and peace. How do we stay on the road to life and peace? And and so when it comes to gossip, I literally will build a no... It, it literally could get someone fired at If Gathering. We care about it so much. I mean, it is one of our highest values that we would assume the best about each other and protect each other. It's one of the highest values in our family. When when I'm listening to one of my kids speak ill of one of my other kids, I shut it down every time because I never want a culture to feel unsafe. Because if a culture feels unsafe, then you have no place to thrive, no place to share your issues, your your weaknesses, your failures. You have no place to to actually be broken. Brokenness has to be accepted somewhere in your life or you'll never be healthy. So how do you do this? I mean, I'm just such a believer in awkward conversations. I think you have to have them. If you want good friends, you have to sit down and have an awkward conversation. So sit your friends down and say, hey, guys, we have been gossiping. We got to stop. Like, I don't feel safe with you. I don't think you all feel safe with me. Like, let's hold each other accountable to this. Now, some of you are listening to this and you're in high school and you're thinking, if I do that, my friends are going to disown me. You know what? Better that than to feel like you don't have real friends, than to feel like you don't have a safe place. So sit them down, say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to assume the best about each other. And we're never, ever, ever going to speak ill of other people or of each other. And for some of you, you're going to be like, well, then what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and and I'll say this, it, it might be a little bit awkward for a little while, but it is worth it. It can be seen as naivety. It can be seen as choosing to ignore truth and choosing to ignore the difficult things in life. But I've noticed it just brings about so much joy. If I focus on the negative, if I talk about the negative, then I will end up feeling and living in the negative. And what Paul does is, you know what? He has plenty. It's not like he doesn't know about the suffering in the world. He has been put in prison for proclaiming the gospel. He understands the complexity and this has a sobriety about what is going on in the church. It's not like he's in any denial about it. He's having to live it out every day. And yet still, he does not focus on these negative people doing negative things. He actually praises them for what they're doing right. And he believes what? He doesn't believe in them. He believes in God in them. He believes that God is bigger and better than the destruction they're trying to bring. And I think that's what happens is we take our eyes off of God in our relationships. We put them on people and shocker, we're disappointed. They disappoint us in some way. I made this rule when I started ministry publicly. I was like, I will never tear down another person publicly ever. I think Billy Graham had the same rule and I heard that back years ago and I loved it because who am I to say who is God's man and not? <laughs> like, I don't want to be the judge of who has it right and wrong. I'm not saying I won't be discerning about what I read and people's statements. And and I'm not saying I'll never speak out for truth. But I'm just saying I'm not going to pick apart humans that might be on God's team, that might be on my team. Um, I think we tend to divide and build our camps and everyone outside our camp is wrong. But the problem is our camp, our Christian camp is shrinking. And if we don't realize that we're picking apart people on our team, then we're going to pick apart our team and our team is going to shrink and shrink and shrink. And, and we need a big team. 
to do the work that God's called us to do in this generation. Paul goes on and he says to live is Christ. You're going to see such a glimpse into his ultimate motivation here in verse 21, chapter one, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. And and again, he's got a death sentence on his head, so he doesn't know if he's going to ever walk out of this prison cell. To live is Christ. He knows that if he continues to live, that his relationships, his time writing, every single thing he does is as Christ, which is self-denial, which is focused on the good of other people, that that is his ultimate aim. And and then if he dies, it's gain. You know, his, his view of his life is short. His view of his death isn't scary. And I think that that single thing, that single verse sums up why Paul is so impactful for the gospel and why he can view relationships in such a healthy way. It's because his ultimate aim is Christ and, and the finish line of his life. It's not fixing all the problems and making his life comfortable for today. It's so interesting as I'm reading a lot of your questions, it has to do with conflict, with jealousy, envy, rivalry. And I get that question a lot. Like, how do you not get jealous? Or, And it, it's interesting. This has been one of the things God's gifted me with. I, I think I hate what that does so much to friendship and to relationship that when I feel it rise up, I literally counter it with everything in me to do the opposite. So if some, if I am feeling like I'm looking over and I'm seeing someone get something I think I deserve, or if I see some something that makes me jealous or I wish I had, I will immediately text them, praise them, celebrate them. And in doing so, it's a reminder to myself and it actually physically postures me toward them rather than away from them. And I'm cheering for them and it feels so good to cheer for them that I hate the feeling of jealousy. I absolutely hate it. it just, it steals friendship. It steals the sisterhood I think I think I see in the world. So I've got the simplest way for you to shift today. If you feel stuck in, in gossip, I want you right now to text a friend. Maybe it's a friend that you have been tempted to feel jealous of or to look down on for some reason, and I want you to praise the heck out of them. I want you to just tell them what you appreciate, see the good, and just that single act will start to shift the way you see everybody else too. I named this podcast not after a book, but after a life theme, which I also wrote a book about. So if you don't have the book, go get it. It is called Made for This. It is a devotional that honestly sums up so much of my passion and heart for women and for all of our lives that we would spend them well. And so it's going to help you discover your gifts. It's going to help you understand God's purposes for your lives and his plans. Do not miss it. Made for this. Go to Amazon, wherever books are sold. It's sitting there on a shelf, 40 days to understanding your purpose. So let's figure this out together because we don't want to waste our lives. We want to communicate with you and let you know the things that are happening with the podcast and ask you some questions as well. So text Jenny Allen, J-E-N-N-I-E-A-L-L-E-N to 31996. That's Jenny Allen, one word, to 31996 and we will add you to our text stream and we'll send you all kinds of fun stuff free stuff communication and questions we want you to be a part of the conversation thanks for listening to the made for this podcast we pray that this is a helpful resource for you wherever you find yourself in life right now 
I just wanted to drop in and remind you about the free friend guide download we created for you. It's a helpful seven-step guide to being a healthy friend and making healthy friendships, and you can get it right in your inbox. If you follow Jenny on Instagram a couple weeks ago, she posted um, these two posts that were like how to be a good friend, how to not be a good friend, and y'all, it was gold. So this guide is just more of that. It's deeper. We've got some scriptures and some things to pray for. So head to Jenny's website, JennyAllen.com. Drop your email in, and it'll get right to your inbox. A big thank you to Jake Scott for letting us use his music for the show. You can find more of Jake's music on Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review, and we will see you guys next week.